even after signing outfielder Jung-Hoo Lee, pressure mounts for the San Francisco Giants to continue upgrading their roster this offseason. Welcome into another edition of the Kerry Crowley Show, talking all things Giants baseball. And today, we take a step back, look at the big free agents still on the market, and wonder how realistic is it for each of them to land with the San Francisco Giants. I'll take a look at Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, Cody Bellinger, what I think they will sign for this offseason, a little contract projection game, and we'll look at some of the other under-the-radar free agents and maybe discuss a few potential trade deals that I've talked about in previous episodes. So let's get right into it. No doubt in my mind that the San Francisco Giants, even after adding Jung-Hoo Lee, are feeling pressure because the gap between the Giants and the Dodgers continues to grow. The Dodgers have added Otani. They've added Tyler Glass now and extended Tyler Glass now. They've spent upward of $800 million this offseason alone. The Giants, you have to commend them for landing Jung-Hoo Lee on the six-year $113 million deal. And of course, they're paying a premium on that because they're paying a posting fee to the Kiwoom Heroes in the KBO. But the work is not done. In fact, far from it for Farhan Zaidi and this Giants front office. So, with Otani off the board. Who is the top free agent right now in Major League Baseball? By all accounts, it's Japanese right-hander Yoshinobu Yamamoto coming over to the United States at the age of 25 with a plus fastball, an elite splitter, and a great curveball. Four-pitch guy, but those are the three premium pitches that he will bring to a Major League rotation. And According to pretty much every national reporter, the Giants have been in on him from the start. However, according to just about every national reporter, it seems as if the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Mets might be the favorites. Can't rule out the Red Sox yet, but there just has not been a lot of noise surrounding the San Francisco Giants and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. We do know that they did meet with Yamamoto per reports. We should know uh, that their interest is significant because if this is a team that was willing to spend the 460 plus million in present day value and 700 million total on Shohei Otani, the Giants clearly have money to spend. They want to lure big stars to San Francisco. And in my opinion, no player has the potential to be a bigger star over the next four or five seasons that's currently a free agent than Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He brings some incredible track record from Japan. He strikes out a ton of hitters. He keeps the ball on the ground. He keeps the ball in the ballpark, and he pitches deep into ball games. All things that should be attractive, not just to the San Francisco Giants, but every baseball team willing to spend upward of $300 million on a starting pitcher. And so I've made the case. The Giants should be willing to go 10 years, 350 or $360 million to make sure that their offer to Yamamoto is the highest in the market. Now, if money is all it takes to sign Yamamoto, then I think that the Giants would be in a great position. But I do believe, based on reports that I've read, based on what we know about him coming over from Japan, that he's had long, long-time interest in signing with the New York Yankees. He grew up a Yankees fan from what I've read. He had multiple meetings with the Mets and owner Steve Cohen, who flew to Japan to meet him, who also hosted Yamamoto at his house in Connecticut, according to Will Salmon of The Athletic. You just haven't heard the same type of links between Yamamoto and the San Francisco Giants. And so if the Giants aren't going to be the team that signs Yamamoto, it's not as if the money dries up and the money that they should be spending this offseason disappears. My final belief is that even if the Giants are willing to push for 10 years, $350 million, that Yamamoto will ultimately go to the Yankees or the Mets, which is still a better case scenario for the Giants than it would be if Yamamoto signed, of course, 
with the Los Angeles Dodgers. That, to me, is the nightmare scenario. And of course, Fabian Ardaya of The Athletic reporting that the Dodgers had Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman in on the pitch meeting to Yamamoto Will Smith, the catcher also there. The Dodgers went all out. But with where the Dodgers stand with the luxury tax threshold, I simply don't know if they can afford the $300 plus million that it might take to get Yamamoto to sign in LA. And he may have visions of playing on the East Coast, which would explain why the Giants may not have the same type of links that the Yankees, that the Red Sox, that the Mets do right now. And so final prediction for Yoshinobu Yamamoto 10 years, $325 million. I would say Yankees or Mets. I think the Mets are more likely to make that type of an offer. I think that Steve Cohen has made it clear from the start of free agency that Yamamoto is his guy that he wants to pursue this offseason. And ever since Cohen came into Major League Baseball, there's been no doubting that he wants to spend. He will be aggressive in spending. And yes, the Mets unloaded Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer at the trade deadline, but they made those initial commitments to those pitchers anyway. I think Yamamoto ultimately ends up with the Mets. Wouldn't be shocked if he's a Yankee. And again, still wouldn't be shocked if he was a Los Angeles Dodger. But to me, that's the nightmare scenario for the San Francisco Giants. But if the Giants are going to spend this offseason, all indications suggest they are comfortable doing so. They're in on Yamamoto. They were willing to match the Dodgers' offer for Shohei Otani. Still feel they should have gone above that offer. Then what do they do with their money? To me, the pivot becomes very clear. Two-time Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell, 31 years old. He's still on the market right now after pitching in San Diego under Bob Melvin last season, where he won a Cy Young with the Padres. 2.25 ERA. He was great last season. And no, he does not pitch deep into games like Logan Webb does. He's not going to give you 200 innings on a perennial basis. But what Blake Snell does is he limits hard contact. He gets strikeouts. He racks up ground balls, and he keeps the ball in the ballpark for the most part. And so I really do think that if the Giants are intent on spending their money this offseason, Blake Snell becomes the odds-on favorite to get $200-plus million from a team such as the San Francisco Giants. And now, I do think that if the Yankees or the Mets miss out on Yamamoto, the Yankees might pivot. The Mets, according to reports, Will Salmon of the Athletics been on this, if they don't get Yamamoto, they may not spend it all. And so that could limit the market for Snell, who, in my opinion, will seek upward of $180 million after Aaron Nola landed the seven-year, $172.5 million deal to return to the Philadelphia Phillies, which, according to reports at the time, was not even the highest deal on the table for Aaron Nola. So I think that Blake Snell becomes the clear pivot, even though I've mentioned this in previous episodes of this show. He does not have some of the qualities that the Giants really like in their starting pitchers, which is you have to limit walks. You have to command the strike zone and you have to keep the pitch count down. That's something not something that Blake Snell has historically done very well. But to get the best players in baseball, you might have to say, to heck with our book, to heck with our philosophy. You might just have to be aggressive and go out and say, we're going to make the highest offer to you. It's up to you if you want to come play in San Francisco and pair with Logan Webb atop the Giants rotation. I'll tell you what, even if Yamamoto signs in New York with the Yankees and he and Garrett Cole form a one-two punch, I might still take the one-two punch of Logan Webb and Yoshi- and Blake Snell moving forward as those two guys really, really solid, could play off of each other. You've got the righty, the lefty. They have different arsenals. I think that Blake Snell would ultimately be a really good signing for a Giants team that I've made this point many times, needs to build through its rotation. So Blake Snell, 31 years old. My prediction, seven years, $210 million, 
to the San Francisco Giants. After they miss out on Yamamoto, the pivot is quick. Within 48 hours, they've got Blake Snell under contract. That is the prediction from the Kerry Crowley Show. Up next, perhaps the most difficult free agent to predict this offseason, and that's Cody Bellinger, coming off a great year with the Chicago Cubs, former NL MVP with the Dodgers, but also a player who was non-tendered just a year ago by the Los Angeles Dodgers, a player who has hit under 200 in his career, and when we've seen Cody Bellinger at his worst, oof, it has been bad. It's been worthy of a player who should be benched. It's been worthy of a player who you would never consider giving a $200-plus contract to, and yet he enters this offseason coming off of a great platform year with the Chicago Cubs. And so his market is really interesting to me because he can play center field. He's just 28 years old. He's someone who projects as a great athlete moving forward, who can move around the diamond, all three outfield positions. And of course, he has experience at first base as well. And so if you're talking about potentially looking at an eight to 10 year deal for him, he might be able to move into that DH slot for you. But there's also the possibility that the swing and miss returns to his game. You know, he eliminated a lot of that with the Chicago Cubs this year. But you know, there was a point in the 2021 season before Cody Bellinger ruined the San Francisco Giants' hopes of eliminating the Dodgers and advancing to the NLCS in that tremendous campaign. There was a point where he was like two for 50 against the Giants. The guy couldn't buy a hit at Oracle Park. And he thought, man, his future in baseball doesn't look so bright right now, but he's got the MVP. He's got the great season in Chicago. All accounts suggest he was a clubhouse leader in Chicago. Guys fed off of his energy. And even though the Cubs weren't great this year, it was a fun team to watch with Dansby Swanson joining that group. And so like he becomes maybe the most difficult to project free agent on the market right now because some team is going to get desperate and say, you know what? We're willing to make that 150 to 200 to maybe even $250 million risk in this player, even if he projects as having a, a negative war by the end of his contract in the final few years of the long-term contract that you give him. Because you know when those skills go, when those bat-to-ball skills evaporate, it could get ugly really quick. And so if you're the San Francisco Giants, a team that historically under Farhan Zaidi has sought to mitigate risk, even in this offseason, when you're willing to take on that appetite for risk, when you're willing to say, you know what, Blake Snell may not look like our other starting pitchers in terms of his command and control profile, but we believe that his talent is superior. We believe he's a cut above. We could sign him. Are you willing to make an even bigger bet on Cody Bellinger? I don't know. I think that that is maybe the most fascinating case this offseason because the other free agent position player who's a premium player at the top of the market right now is Matt Chapman. And Matt Chapman, of course, has had hot and cold streaks. He's familiar with Bob Melvin, of course, working together in Oakland when Melvin was the manager of the A's and Chapman was the platinum glove for third baseman before he was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. I think that Matt Chapman, for so many reasons, makes a lot of sense for the San Francisco Giants because he's an upgrade over J.D. Davis over at third base, both defensively and offensively. He's proven throughout his career, unlike J.D. Davis, that he can be an everyday player. The question is, are you comfortable giving Matt Chapman five or six years? Are you comfortable going to $130 million? I don't know. I think that in that scenario, if you think about the Giants roster and you think about Casey Schmidt being able to potentially play third base down the line, if you think about J.D. Davis being able to handle a few games for you there next season, be a right-handed bat off the bench if Casey Schmidt really emerges, maybe you're willing to do that deal with Bellinger as opposed to Chapman because 
Bellinger might actually fit the Giants roster a little better. It would afford them, if they signed him, to execute a few trades. You could look at moving a Lamont Wade Jr. who might have more value than a Michael Conforto or a Mitch Hanniger. Another team might say, you know what, Lamont Wade Jr. has a place on our roster right now. It might allow them, if they sign Cody Bellinger, to move Luis Matos, Elliot Ramos, Wade Meckler, some of these young outfielders who actually do have trade value right now compared to the older outfielders who will be a part of the mix next season for the Giants in Conforto and Hanniger, and to a certain degree, Austin Slater and Mike Yastrzemski, simply because of what they're making. And so I think that, you know, logically, Cody Bellinger might make a little bit more sense to me, even with the appetite for risk and even knowing that you're paying a little bit more for Bellinger in all likelihood than you would for Matt Chapman. But my prediction is this. My prediction is Cody Bellinger ultimately goes back to the Chicago Cubs. I have no idea what that contract will look like. I'll say seven-year deal, but... I will say that Matt Chapman becomes a member of the San Francisco Giants. I think that the links are incredibly strong right now. I think that since the outset of free agency, if there was one position player you told me the Giants would have a strong interest in signing, it would be Matt Chapman. And the reason I don't think a deal is done just yet is because I think they're waiting on Yamamoto. They were waiting on Otani. They're waiting to see if they get Blake Snell. And you know, once they do find out if they get Yamamoto, if they get Snell, if their offer is big enough, if Snell's amenable to playing in San Francisco and under Bob Melvin again, then I think that deal with Matt Chapman could come to fruition. I think that Chapman is probably still waiting on his market to clarify just a little bit to make sure that the Giants are the team that he wants to go to. But to me, it makes a lot of sense, even if you know, you're looking at potentially moving Casey Schmidt all around the diamond as a utility player, even if you have to offload J.D. Davis in a trade that maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense for you. But I will predict that Bellinger goes back to the Cubs and Matt Chapman comes to the San Francisco Giants. Let's call it six years, $130 million. Is it an overpay? No question in my mind. The answer is yes, but the Giants need everyday players. They need to become better defensively. Matt Chapman helps them accomplish a few of those goals. So he comes to the Giants on a deal that pays him around $22 million a year. So if you're keeping track at home, I've got Yamamoto going to one of the New York teams at 10 years, $325 million. Eileen Metz wouldn't be shocked if it was Yankees. Again, still think the Dodgers are very much in that. Blake Snell, San Francisco Giant, seven years, $210 million. I'm saying they get the deal done within 48 hours of that Yamamoto deal getting done with a New York team. Then Cody Bellinger, what will he ultimately make in free agency? I have no clue. I think he's so difficult to predict that I'm not willing to throw out a number, but I will say he returns to the Cubs on a seven or eight year deal that makes sense for both sides. Matt Chapman becomes a member of the San Francisco Giants, six years, $130 million, paying him a little round $22 million annually. And so other players that have been discussed in you know these chats, in these comment sections on this page. And really, if you're watching this show, I want to thank you so much. If you've subscribed to The Kerry Crowley Show, I want to thank you even more. I've had a ton of fun this offseason doing these shows with you. So let's keep this rolling. Uh, other players who I think make sense for the San Francisco Giants, Mitch Garber. He hit 19 home runs with the Texas Rangers last year. As a catcher, he's hit 31 home runs in the best season of his major league career. I believe that was maybe three or four years ago with the Minnesota Twins. Mitch Garver makes a lot of sense for the San Francisco Giants because he is a right-handed bat who can platoon with Patrick Bailey behind the plate. You want Bailey 100 to 110 games behind the plate and maybe 120 to 125 if he's entering as a late-game substitution. But 
Anytime you're going to face a left-handed pitcher, I think you want Mitch Garber at the plate if you're the San Francisco Giants. I'm predicting something like a two-year, $30 million deal and a trade of Joey Bart. I think that this is the offseason. The Giants find a new home for Joey Bart and Elliot Ramos. I think that those are two of the players in the organization most likely to be on the move this offseason. Yes, I do think that the Giants will need to execute trades come January once all the free agent movement is on the books. And so Mitch Garver, Patrick Bailey, that is your platoon headed into the 2024 season. I think that the Giants should be on the line making those calls right now because they can stomach that deal even if Yoshinobu Yamamoto decides 10 years, $350 million from the San Francisco Giants. That sounds great. Another player who's been off discussed to the Giants throughout the free agent process Reese Hoskins, because he's a Sacramento native. He grew up listening to KMBR. He grew up a Giants fan. I think that he would be open to coming home to Northern California and playing for the San Francisco Giants. And I think that in many ways, he brings some elements to the Giants that they've lacked over the last few seasons. Look, when Reese Hoskins was healthy in 2022 before he tore his ACL and missed the entire 2023 season, he hit 30 home runs. The Giants are desperate for that kind of power in their order. He produced, he was fun in October for the Phillies during the 2022 postseason. Remember that home run that he hit where he smashed the bat into the ground? That is the type of electricity. That's the type of excitement the Giants are lacking on their current roster. But Reese Hoskins is probably looking at a one-year, $20 million type platform deal right now. And if he wants to reestablish his value, I just don't know that the San Francisco Giants are the best fit because... The Giants this year have Wilmer Flores under contract at $6.5 million, and Wilmer Flores has consistently produced over the last four seasons. Yes, he was a little down in 2022, but we're talking about a player who was maybe, what, 30% better than league average at the plate last season. He was the only player during the second half of the season who you wanted to actually watch their at-bats as a member of the San Francisco Giants. I don't think that trading Wilmer Flores makes a whole lot of sense to open up a vacancy to pay Reese Hoskins a lot of money, a lot more money than you'd be paying Wilmer Flores. So what I think is that this offseason, Reese Hoskins goes somewhere else. John Morosi has linked him to the Seattle Mariners, although it was a geographical link, which doesn't really make sense to me uh, because Sacramento is not anywhere close to Seattle. But I think that Reese Hoskins goes somewhere on a one-year deal, re-enters the market next offseason, and the Giants either figure it out with Wilmer Flores and make him a long-term part of their future for the next two, three seasons, even though he's already 31, 32 years old, or they bring Reese Hoskins back on a two to four year deal come the 2024 offseason. To me, that makes more sense than creating a log jam of right-handed bats. You've already got J.D. Davis on the roster, who I think you may have to trade if you sign Matt Chapman. Uh, to me, the fit just isn't as seamless as it might be for many of you out there. But if the Giants do want to make a deal and a team is willing to take on Wilmer Flores this offseason, I think that you might be able to get a nice prospect in return. You know, you could package him with a young pitcher, maybe a Keaton Wynn or a Tristan Beck. You could probably get a nice return for Wilmer Flores, and then you fill the gap with Reese Hoskins. I just think that Hoskins will want his deal to be settled before the Giants figure anything out like that. So while I'm not ruling the idea of Reese Hoskins and the Northern California homecoming out, I don't see it as as likely as maybe some other analysts of the San Francisco Giants do. So I think we're out of time for today, but one thing that I definitely want to do later on this week is discuss my top five trade candidates for the San Francisco Giants. I will get into it because earlier this offseason, I mentioned the idea of the Giants trading for Tyler Glass now. Of course, he's now a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mentioned the idea of, hey, 
Juan Soto, if the Padres are going to make a move and they are willing to trade within the division, obviously the Giants should be interested in Juan Soto. That didn't happen. He's a member of the New York Yankees. So we're going to revisit our trade predictions, our trade candidates for the San Francisco Giants this offseason. Look at the different types of moves the Giants could make because the bottom line is this. The Giants must upgrade their roster, and I don't know that you can simply do that or do enough to upgrade their roster through the free agents available right now. We know that they're willing to spend. They were willing to go up to that $700 million deal for Shohei Otani. We, you know, seem to think that they're willing to go over $300 million for Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I think that Blake Snell at $200 plus million, I think that Matt Chapman, a little under $150 million, those deals make sense, but it will take a lot of work for the Giants to catch up to the Padres, the Diamondbacks, and the Dodgers. That work does not end with Jung-Hoo Lee. In fact, it starts with Jung-Hoo Lee. Plenty more to discuss this offseason. We'll be doing it right here on The Kerry Crowley Show. Thank you. Please like, comment, subscribe, anything you can do to help boost this video. I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time. Thanks for watching.